Nebraska on Tap, the source for everything educational and informational about groundwater in agriculture. If you are an ag producer or a citizen of Nebraska, this show is made for you by the Middle Republican Natural Resource District. Now it's time for our weekly show, hosted by Heather Disming. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Nebraska on Tap. This week, we are going to talk to Dr. Terry Haney. He is the Nebraska lead program director. So we are going to talk to him about the farm and ag individuals that he is looking for for this program, what the program gives to these individuals, how long this is for individuals who are accepted, and the individuals that are accepted, how they develop a deeper passion for the ag community and the career they might be in. The Nebraska LEAD program began 42 years ago to develop agricultural leaders from Nebraska's future generations. The constant changes that occur in the agricultural policy, marketing, economics, and technology point to the need for stronger leaders to advocate for the heart of Nebraska's economy, agriculture. Now they are in their fourth decade of forming pioneering agricultural leaders, evolved into one of the nation's premier agricultural leadership development programs. This program is recognized both statewide and nationally because they do do stuff for states and also nationally. So it's really, really great. You can look through their website to find more things. You can also go through and find ways to be a part of this program as well. We talked to Terry. Terry's been doing this for a very long time and he clearly has a huge passion for this. And it was very exciting to talk to him. So let's get into that interview where I asked him a little bit about the LEAD program and a little bit about himself. My name is Terry Haney, and I'm the director of the Nebraska LEAD program. And I'll just share a little bit about myself. I, I grew up on a diversified farm southwest of Lincoln and then ended up here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln with a Bachelor of Science degree in agricultural education. Uh, my first professional uh, job was to be the high school vocational agriculture instructor, FFA advisor, and young farmer and rancher's advisor at the Geneva Public Schools. And so, you know, had a lot of fun doing that in the early 80s and, and up and through the 90s. Uh, I did a career uh, jump, uh, ended up uh, becoming an extension educator for the University of Nebraska in Fillmore Thayer in Knuckles County and, and uh, working in risk management and grain marketing and was in that position for seven years, so uh, almost 25 years in that Fillmore County area and then took a transfer to Cass County here on eastern part of the state. I served there as an extension educator for a couple of years uh, before I became director of the Nebraska LEAD program in the fall of 2007. In between there, in 2000, uh, I was honored to be selected as a member of Nebraska LEAD Class 20. You know, that was something that really was a very life-changing event for me in, in several ways. Uh, little did I think at the time that I'd end up being the director, but, you know, that's probably maybe a question later on we can talk about. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so yeah. Fillmore County is my highlight for the next month. I'm just going to have to go over and see what's going on in Geneva. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what a career you have had, Terry. You know, I bet watching all those grain markets was probably a wild time. You felt like you were a stockbroker on the on the floor in New York City, huh? Well, I did have a lot of fun, um, you know, with that, working with people like 
David Cole from Virginia Tech and Art Barnaby from Kansas State and Steve Johnson from Iowa State. You know, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed uh, that p- portion of my career. And uh, there was never a dull moment when you're looking at grain marketing in the late 1990s, turn of the century and into the early 2000s. At 10 o'clock every morning, my brother and my dad's phones go off to tell them about what's going on. So you really don't mm-hmm. have to seek out information like you used to and really study it um, wildly. It's kind of more at your own leisure type of stuff these days. How ironic is it for you to see all those grain markets when we sell to other people outside of the U.S. and then you take your leads programs outside of the U.S. to learn about their agricultural adventures in other countries? Yes, we do. And, you know, that's that international component that we do. And when you mentioned the grain markets, and I reflect back on my years as director, you know, we've traveled to, to countries such as South Korea and China uh, that are, are very good customers of the United States as far as our grains go. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of countries that we, that we travel to are customers in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think that we're able to, what we do with many of the countries, we're able to put boots on the ground where uh, maybe some of our uh, commodity boards or grower associations can't get people to very easily, but we're able to be there. Being able to offer a, a handshake and some goodwill and maybe open the door uh, for those folks that are our customers to to meet the growers from Nebraska, and so that's a that's a cool thing. Uh, as I sit back and think about how that all works out, because you know many times you know a farmer growing corn or soybeans or growing you know raising cattle or livestock they're not as connected to the customer like maybe we would like them to be mm-hmm. but the, this the lead program is an opportunity for us to to provide an international experience so that uh, the people that go through this program are able to meet our customers that are in other countries and get a very good understanding of what their needs are as a consumer in one of the interviews i saw you had talked about open-mindedness to seek out new role models and i really think uh, you hit the nail on the head with that really seeing who the grain is getting sold to or the cows are getting sold to. Exactly. And, you know, I, one of the things that we really try for our people to learn as they go through our program, and Heather, our program is a, a transformational travel and experiential leadership development program. You know, there's no textbook that we use. There's not a lot of readings or assignments that our people have to do because we want them to gain the experiences. We want them to see uh, for themselves firsthand on um, whether it's an in-state seminar here in Nebraska or it's our 10-day national study travel seminar to Kansas City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, or it's our our 14- to 16-day international study travel seminar. The experiences and the transformational experiences that they receive are so important for them uh, in their journey of leadership development. So, you know, that's kind of what we're all about. Uh, The communication is so important. We really uh, try to instill in each of our lead fellows the importance of listening to learn, not listening to respond, Mm -hmm. and so that they're able to learn as much from the people they meet whether it's here in our state, whether it's across our country, or it's across the pond. So that's just a little bit about the program. Uh, Bringing that up, so when you guys do go to Kansas City and Chicago, you learn about local and state issues, which hit definitely closer to home. Certainly does. You know, our 
when someone goes through this program, the 19-month program, they're going to spend about 60 to 65 days away from that farm, away from that ranch, away from the business if they're employed off the farm. And so, you know, it's a big commitment. And I, I want people to understand that, you know, going into this, they need to understand that we really do uh, expect them to be there, 100% attendance. Uh, we're investing a lot of money in them. And we can talk more a little bit about the tuition and stuff later. But, uh, yeah. you know, as they go through this program, that commitment is so important and important that they understand uh, as they travel with each other, learning mm -hmm. to communicate with each other. But the people they meet uh, along the way, uh, you know, for example, when we're in Kansas City, we'll visit the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, learning about our country's monetary policy and our national uh, bank's banking system. Wow. Uh, when we're in Washington, D.C., we'll visit the offices of the USDA. Uh, we'll visit the National Cattlemen, the Beef Association, mm -hmm. Nebraska Wheat or National Wheat Growers. I have Nebraska on my mind for some reason. <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's because so we we're from this fun them. state. Right. We also expose them to, to uh, you know, like the Sugar Alliance, uh, mm -hmm. that, whose offices in Washington, D.C., the Cotton Council, uh, the potato uh, folks. Yeah. Uh, we want them to have an understanding of the different commodities and how they have to really work together uh, as a strong agriculture lobby uh, in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, it's, it's really a neat thing to, to look at how our curriculum was put together since 1981. It's a work in progress. It's always changing. We're mm -hmm. always bringing new things in, which means that we have to let go of some things, which is sometimes difficult to do. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's part of, of being a leader uh, is making those types of decisions that my board has to make or I have to make or my staff mm -hmm. makes when we're putting together our curriculum. Well, and just like you were talking about all those different offices in Washington, D.C., I mean, it really does take an army when it comes to all this ag production because there are just so many parts to it and it depends on what you're growing who you need to seek advice from and and when you're growing who you need to seek advice from and what you do in the in-betweens who you need to seek advice from and you know there's just so much that goes into it like here we have the groundwater our groundwater is different from other areas but not really different you know there's you're right there's just so many different components that come to it and so as a farmer it is probably nice just to get brushed up on this. And I mean, for 19 months, 60 days away isn't too bad at all. Well, no one's ever complained after they've gone through the program that, that they didn't like it. Uh, everyone <laughs> always says they'd love to do it again. But you mentioned the water issues. And, you know, that's a major curriculum thrust for us. You may already know this, but one my first year classes in southwest Nebraska, uh, we visit with uh, representatives from the upper, the middle and the lower uh, Republican NRDs. Uh, we also visit with, when we're in North Platte, we visit with the NRD out there. When we're in Omaha, we visit with the Papio, Missouri NRD director. Yeah, water's important uh, mm -hmm. as we go across our state. There's different issues, and this is an opportunity for our lead fellows to then be exposed to the issues in the areas that we're visiting, but also to go back home and do some research on their respective area and what are the issues with water quality, water quantity, or the other issues with conservation uh, that needs to be addressed in their respective NRD. So this program clearly gives these individuals who are selected a lot of confidence because this is a lot of information coming their way. And especially with somebody as passionate about it as you are, I mean, wow. So. We talked about the NRDs, and we've had three of our board members be selected for your lead program. 
Yes. Um, you know, I think Rick Spencer out of Lead 34 was a, is a former member of your board, but currently uh, Tracy Zink out of Lead Class 35 and Jolene Messenger out of Lead Class 33 are currently uh, serving on your board of directors. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that what we're starting to see. Is, uh, as I look across the NRDs across the state, there's excellent uh, representation of Lead alumni on those respective boards. And that's one of the things that we really encourage uh, our folks to, to look at you know, as they go through this program, we hope that uh, we want them to find out what they're really passionate about, because that's where they can put their skills and their talents and their experience to use in helping move our state forward. And many of them find out that they're very passionate about water and water-related issues. And that's why, you know, they look at running and being a part of the uh, governance of their local NRDs. And mm-hmm. so I think that's pretty pretty important. Uh, you know, the communication skills that they receive through our program, you know, we're going to teach them how to become a better speaker. Mm-hmm. how to introduce a speaker, how to formulate their thoughts, how to give testimony at a legislative hearing, how to write a keynote speech, how to do all those things. But, you know, Heather, we also teach them how to listen. And because leadership is also listening, and I mentioned that listening to, to learn, not listening to respond. Active listening is very important for a leader. They need to listen uh, to their constituents. They need to listen to their to their followers, uh, or they may turn around and they may not have anybody following them if they're not listening. So so important, of course, the, the writing skills are so very important also. But, you know, we, we polish them up. I had an alum tell me several years ago that that's what this program does, is it polishes up the people, gets those rough edges off of them, helps them find out what they're really passionate about, what they want to advocate for, and then helps them become very active. Uh, you know, we don't claim that we train all the leaders in Nebraska. We've never claimed that. What we do claim is that the people that go through our program, we help them find out what they really like and what they really want, are passionate about. And then we help them get into those positions of leadership. Again, just your charismatic attitude towards this probably really ignites a passion in that for these others that get involved and actually get selected for this lead program. I mean, wow. Well, leader, yeah. leaders need to provide, they need to model the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing to do. Um, I think leaders have to do what they say they will do. They need to celebrate successes. They need to take that time and really uh, celebrate those wins. You know, sometimes those wins are few and far between, but you need to celebrate those wins with your people. Leaders need to take care of themselves. They they need to recharge their yep. batteries. Uh, otherwise, they're not going to be ready for the next big challenge. I agree with that. Use all your energy sometimes to get everybody else motivated. <laughs> sometimes you need the spa day. <laughs> Well, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and I know there'll be some alums listening to this, is that the other thing that leaders do is leaders reflect. Uh, they reflect daily. They reflect weekly. They reflect, you know, after after something goes really well, they reflect on why did it go well? Why was it successful? But when things don't go well, they take a step back and reflect on what could I or what could our team have done better to ensure a success or a win the next time. So I tell my lead fellows a lot reflect 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 if you never look to see what has worked or what hasn't worked then you don't know the best steps to take for the future well you're just you're just shooting a gun in the dark and you don't know <laughs> yes. what you're going to hit that's a good so, reference yeah. too <laughs> well, yeah or swinging swinging at a ball uh, with your eyes closed you know yep. that type of thing so yep. no i absolutely. totally understand and then anything else you want to add in terry uh before we head off today I really I look at the the challenges that are happening here, you know, in, in Nebraska and across our nation and our world, and I think 
you know, my message for the, the people out there is to get involved, you know, whatever they raise or whatever they grow, be an advocate for that, but don't sit on the sidelines. And I'm not picking on the next generation, but I really am challenging them to get involved with their industry. Mm-hmm. It's more than just growing or raising uh, the crops and livestock. It's about becoming an advocate. It's about becoming informed on public policy, on trade policy, on rules and regulations. Um, you know, I challenge that next generation to become a transformational servant leader for their industry and for their community. I, I'm a quote type of person. That's good. And William Penn once said that right is right, even if everyone is against it, and wrong is wrong, even if everyone is for it. And I, I've got a little twist, Heather, that I, I put on that statement from William Penn, and it goes like this. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. And right is right, even if you are the only one doing it. I think our leaders need to know what they stand for. It's much more than doing things right. As a leader, you must do the right thing. And so I challenge that next generation to get involved in their grower associations, get involved with their NRD board, run for office in those positions, uh, be a leader for their community, be a leader for our state, be a leader for Nebraska agriculture and beyond. So, you know, I've had a great ride for the last 44 years. I've loved every minute of it. I had the opportunity to travel the world. But, you know, uh, people always say, well, you know, what are some of the coolest places that you've been to? And it's not that. It's the people mm-hmm. that I've traveled to these places with. And it's all about people. I agree. It's never the wrong time to learn. And um, it is always about the people because you know, in a controlled environment, things can react a certain way. But when you're out in the open and experiencing it and experimenting with um, different personalities, it's it's different. So it, It's working together. So my last yep. plug, Heather, okay. is that we are actively recruiting for Nebraska Lead Class 43, which will begin in the sem- September of 2024. The application deadline is June 15th. And applications can be found at our website, which is lead.com unl.edu, or they can call my office, the Nebraska Lead Program Office telephone number, 402-472-6810. And uh, so I challenge your listeners out there to contact us, get an application, or push someone to apply, encourage someone to apply. Okay? Right. Don't be shy. Just apply. Exactly. (laughs) I like it. All right, Terry. Well, it's been so great to talk to you today. All right. Once again, I'd like to thank Dr. Haney for coming on and talking to us about the LEAD program. The LEAD Class 41 right now is over in Albania, Greece, and Italy to learn about international trade, foreign policy, cross-cultural understanding, and geopolitics right now. So you can go over to lead.unl.edu and you can find the program's details, the application to the program, the current classes and alumni, the LEAD Nebraska support team, and the board of directors, and you can read a little bit more about it. If you are in agriculture and you have a passion and you want to see yourself soar, I think you should probably take a chance on this. Again, don't be shy, just apply. So once again, I'd like to tell everybody to check us out at www.nebraskaontap.com. You can tune in there to our RSS feed 
or you can find our YouTube videos on there. You can go to youtube.com and type in Nebraska on tap as well and find us. So please subscribe there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also our RSS feed. So thanks again for listening into our show today and I hope everybody has a great week and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.